Welcome to Trending in Education. This is Mike Palmer. I'm in Washington, D.C. right now. Just attended the Global Talent Summit at the Gallup headquarters in downtown Washington. Shout out to Kelly Ryan Bailey for the invite. Got a lot out of the day. Got acquainted with a book that I knew was out that I wanted to dig into, which is by John Clifton about the global unhappiness epidemic. The book is called Blind Spot, and it talks a lot about engagement, disengagement, mental health challenges that we're all facing these days, uh, a theme that's been recurring really since we started trending in ed, and especially in the last two plus years where the collective trauma has been pretty significant. But that was really layered on top of what was already a bit of a loneliness epidemic that's compounded by some of the negative aspects of social media. It was a pretty profound set of conversations, pretty wide ranging from folks who are deeper into the skills-based hiring and AI-powered HR apps that help folks understand the skills that they need to advance in their careers, help us all credential ourselves so that we can be validated when we're looking for that next job, and then a lot of awareness of the disruptions and the skills gaps that are emerging with some thoughts on perhaps how to start to dig out a really interesting array of folks. I had the opportunity to make some good acquaintances who hopefully will be on Trending in Ed in the future. All of that coming up on today's edition of Trending in Education. This is Mike, I'm back in Brooklyn. I had a great trip down to DC. That was a quick open I recorded from my Airbnb down there where I was staying. Had uh, a few great encounters with some friends while I was traveling, in addition to the Global Talent Summit. I also was listening to The Tyranny of Merit by Michael Sandel at Harvard. A really deep listen, deep read. I'm not quite through. I have about an hour and change left. It's tough to hear, but it is important. I was mentioning to my wife earlier, there are certain books that just really affect you. This is the first one that got at me as deeply as the book by Todd Rose called The End of Average, which has really stuck with me since I first read it. Got to be about five years ago. It's uh, an important book, and I would say The Tyranny of Merit is similarly important, and it's just difficult to read. It is a challenge. I was... Stuck in some ways on Amtrak, heading up and down the eastern seaboard, the northeast corridor. Hadn't really done that train ride since 2019. It was good to be back. The quiet car is still there for me. Moynihan Station is certainly an upgrade up here in Manhattan. And it's always fun to get down to D.C. Lots of stuff going on down there. As I mentioned in the open... I attended the Global Talent Summit down there. 
Jim Clifton gave the keynote at the top. Jim is now the chairman of Gallup. It was all at the Gallup headquarters. His son, John, is now the CEO of Gallup, and he is the author of Blindspot. Jim talked about strength finders and strength-based leadership, the importance of measurement, and he made a really interesting connection to Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow, System 1 and System 2 Thinking, System one is much faster and more emotional. System two is much slower and more cognitive. That in many ways connects to the emotional component, which is the 70%, which is system one. And then system two connects more to the cognitive and thinking slow, which is system two. But the idea is that from his perspective, the 30% that is cognitive, that is measurable already is pretty straightforward. And that frequently in business translates to a bottom line, a transaction, a hard metric. He then focused instead on the other 70%, the emotional components, the things that are harder to quickly quantify. How do you get at them? You interview people, you ask them questions, you engage in surveys. So in some ways, Jim was defending surveys and emphasizing the importance of emotion, emotional intelligence, social-emotional connection, learner-centered, human-centered design thinking. A lot of the themes we talk about on the show, I definitely was impressed with his keynote, which seemed mostly extemporized and certainly hit the mark the sponsorship of the summit was an organization called Diplomatic Courier. Anna Rold was heading up that aspect of the conversation. And then Kelly Ryan Bailey, who has been on Trending in Ed, who is a friend of mine who I've stayed in touch with over the years. She was representing her organization, Skills Baby, and she has a deep background from MC and Burning Glass and a bunch of organizations that are looking at skills-based hiring practices and ways in which the way we think about talent and the way we think about hiring evolves. All these things do blend together in my thinking. Uh, in particular, the tyranny of merit talks about the problem of credentialism and the overemphasis on higher ed and the bachelor's degree as the signal of your merit, as your gateway into a life of leisure and wealth and promise, when in reality, if you are talking about access to the most elite universities in the US, frequently that is limited to a very select subgroup of the population, which is frequently connected to their postal code and the socioeconomic status of folks who live in that social code. So it isn't really solving the problem of distributive justice. There's talk of John Rawls in there. It, again, it's, it's a deep read, but it did certainly inform my thinking when I attended the summit. And I will say in their defense, I think there was some recognition of the reality that the more tried and true tracks that have been built to sort folks and figure out who qualifies for which types of jobs, which types of elite status-bearing conferrals that exist within our society. It was uh, 
refreshing to see awareness of the limitations there and also some activation to ensure that folks who maybe traditionally haven't had access to the meritocracy and the hallowed halls of our most esteemed organizations and our most esteemed institutions also have something to contribute and need to be embraced and brought into the conversation. So anyway, I would recommend The Tyranny of Merit. I'm about to crack open the blind spot to learn about the global unhappiness epidemic. And I would also encourage folks through all of this to maintain your optimism, to engage with your friends. Had a great dinner down in DC at a restaurant called Nina May, which I would recommend. I'd also recommend time to focus on yourself and also time to get back out in the world. It does feel on the heels of my New York run, where I attended Fast Company's Innovation Summit, then followed that up with EdTech Week here in New York and concluded it with Holden IQ's Global Summit, looking at where investment is happening. Impact investment was the focus at Holon, which included education, health, and the environment. Those were themes that I saw again at the summit down in DC. I'm gonna pick up next to highlight and showcase a few of the sessions that really jumped out at me. The session that I learned the most from was with Dante Disparte, who is the chief strategy officer and head of global policy at Circle, a Web3 company built on the blockchain looking to disrupt money. Dante was talking about Web3 and the blockchain to an audience of folks thinking about skills and the future of education. And he's really just trying to inform us on what is true and real and emergent when it comes to the blockchain and Web3, and then what is perhaps more hype and something to be careful about. He made some really interesting connections to how technology revolutions frequently are tied to global transformations that are happening on the economic side. He talked about some of the roots of our financial systems, which come from the Great Depression. If you look at the FDIC, among other institutions that provide that backstop and that federation of our banking system. He then jumped ahead to the financial crisis in 2008 and how in many ways that led to a new emergence of technologies and transformations of how we understand the world around us. Keep in mind, 2008 is also coinciding in many ways with the acceleration of smartphones, social media, and Web2. And now he was likening the current state of affairs with the disruption that we've seen with the pandemic and other social upheaval in recent years, as that is providing the foundational environments and ecosystems through which the disruption that he's anticipating from the blockchain to really manifest. At one point, he likened Web 1 to the ability to read, Web 2 to the ability to read and write, and Web 3 to the ability to read, write, and own. 
the idea that now you cannot just consume content, you can engage with it. That came with Web 2, which is this social media revolution and smartphone and individual creator economy, the ability to engage by writing. The new development that the blockchain and related technologies are allowing is the ability for individuals to actually own their content, own their engagement with emerging technology, which is something that is frequently associated with the blockchain. Dante Disparte, interesting thinker. I will be tracking him moving forward. At one point he did say, and this is a rough quote, a lot of projects masquerading as blockchain projects are really Google Sheets running on the Amazon cloud. So the idea is that while he sees the promise of these emerging technologies, there's quite a bit of cashing in on the hype cycle and trying to get the lift that folks are looking for by saying it's powered by the blockchain or it's engaged with Web3. All that being said, there was definitely recognition that the credentialing problem certainly is one that could lend itself to blockchain technology, decentralized federation of skills and competencies that an individual could carry with him or her throughout their careers was something that was talked about. There was an interesting platform called Readocracy. Uh, the CEO of Readocracy was another one of the, the speakers who was there. The idea there is that uh, while it's not necessarily powered by the blockchain, the idea is that you can create a record of all the informal learning engagements that you have and carry that with you in a meaningful way. So imagine you could get a credit for the fact that you're listening to this podcast or that you've listened to The Tyranny of Merit or you've read blogs or read books or done other things, read newspapers. How are you staying informed and how can that record be made transparent to others and be something that you can carry with you? The interesting Web3 element is that can you carry those things with you outside of a specific platform? If you think about in learning environments, you know, what learning records can we hold on to that are not necessarily tied to a registrar's office, a transcript somewhere? Dante talked about how the high school he attended was basically destroyed by Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, and records of his high school experience, his transcripts, are really no longer there. How do we ensure our, ourselves against these types of risks and allow for something more resilient to stick with us and allow others to understand the skills we can bring to bear on a situation without necessarily being tied to a building, a facility, an institution, even a Web2 technology, are there ways in which the individual can actually own their learning record, own their credentialing moving forward? Definitely got a lot out of that, and I would recommend you track what Dante has going on. We'll be including links to some of that information on the show notes for this episode.
The other session I wanted to call attention to was led by Beth Rudden, who is a data scientist with a really interesting background and AI ethicist who was the closing keynote for the summit. Among the things that she was talking about, she was referring to data as an artifact of human experience and trust as making something you value vulnerable to another person's actions. That's a quote from Charles Feldman. She really broke down what artificial intelligence is and why it's so important that we develop the right ethical understandings of it heading into a, a very challenging period that she sees on the horizon where we're going to need to become fluent in AI and get smart about our design of these technologies, whether it's for hiring or whether it's to develop the skills that folks need to be effective in their roles. I'm hoping we can get Beth on the show down the road. She really had a lot to offer. She also created a really great set of visuals with her slides and recommended using the AI-powered software MidJourney to create that where you basically give the AI some basic instructions. It begins to create images based on what you provided, and then you can tune and adjust accordingly. I got to say, she did create a very interesting mood through the use of her imagery, and it was a really deep way to end the day. So all in all, I got to give a nod to Kelly and Anna, who ran the session, all the folks at Gallup who were very generous with use of the space. They ran a great StrengthsFinder session. There were interesting panels throughout the day. I've been attending enough of these live conferences over the last few weeks to reacclimate to how they're done. And despite the fact that I know there are many benefits to doing these things online, it's much more inclusive, it's much less expensive, and it's a lot more open to folks. There is some benefit to these other formats, and I was certainly reminded of that. Also reminded to the power of travel, the power of train travel, the power of, like I said, engaging with friends. I look forward to continuing conversations about skills-based hiring, the skills economy, how it's changing, how organizations and startups are trying to respond to the emergent needs, and then also get connected to thought leaders who are trying to effect change in the world of education so that we can start to get out ahead of some of these massive disruptions that are happening and be coherent in how we strategize about the future of education, the future of learning. One thought that comes to mind, and it is emphasized really throughout many of the, the conversations I've had in recent weeks, is how K-12 is really not adapting fast enough to respond to these massive disruptions. And I will continue to be looking for more disruptive, more transformative, more transformational models of K-12 education. How can we help showcase them, spread the good word so that more of us can shift our thinking and shift our educational practices to help launch our young folks with the right mindsets and skill sets to face the many challenges that we do see on the horizon. We got to stay optimistic. And I have some final thoughts about that.
there were quite a few quotes at the summit that were shared. One that really struck a chord with me was from Maya Angelou, who said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. There are so many reasons now to be depressed. There's the idea of doom scrolling, which I think we've all lived in many different ways. Uh, as many of our listeners may know, I am a Mets fan. I, earlier tonight, saw my team bow out of the 2022 playoffs. Playoffs? My response to that was to double check to see exactly how many days it is until spring training 2023. For those of you scoring at home, or even if you're alone, there's 126 days, 29 minutes, and 10 seconds until spring training starts at the time of this taping. There's always reasons for hope. There's always opportunities to change your frame of reference, your mindset, to be more positive and hopeful. That is something that I know I've been struggling with, but it is something that I think we all can lean into. It is a place where I get social emotional, baby. That's right. Still, after all these years. And it's because if we don't get social emotional, if we don't lean into our humanity, things could break bad. But that's not a reason to lose hope. That's a reason to seek meaning, to seek impact. It does remind me of the conversations I was having with Celine Coggins about her project, the Legacy Years Project, talking about how Generation X should be leaning into this time in their lives and be thinking more coherently about how we can activate and make an impact, leave the right kind of legacy rather than be remembered for what we failed to do. The gauntlet has been dropped. I also did watch House of Dragons tonight. No spoilers, but uh, I was surprisingly impressed with where this season is heading. It is a time to note when gauntlets have been dropped, but then muster the power to either change what we don't like or change our attitudes. It is something that humans have a unique capacity to do. Reminds me also of the quote from Martin Luther King, letter from a Birmingham jail, where he says, and I'm paraphrasing, it's better to be the thermostat than the thermometer. We have the ability to muster our emotional power. Getting back to what Jim Clifton was saying in his keynote, the emotion, the 70%, the stuff that's harder to measure, the stuff that's harder to create as AI, the stuff that is harder to automate is the place where we find what is truly human and we find where we can really make an impact. How do we think about that as educators? How do we think about that as parents, as folks who care about the future? How do we think about that as folks who are invested in our youth and their promise? and their resilience. The idea of reframing the trauma and challenges facing the rising generations into recognition of the resilience of youth. There is some resilience and metal to the human spirit that is being demonstrated when you think about what many of our children and many of us continue to overcome in our lives. And that all takes me back to Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, Suffering is really the crucible through which meaning is created. And we've had some challenges to overcome in recent years. 
But I, I got to say, I am somewhat heartened by connecting to folks more and getting out into these spaces, seeing the desire to change, seeing the, the emergent energy and emergent hope. That thing with wings, to quote Emily Dickinson. Anyhow, it's been a whirlwind. I need to lick my wounds as a Mets fan, recover from all this travel and get back into the more introverted aspects of my life in addition to the joy that my three-year-old son is bringing me these days. It's been a tremendous ride so far. I'm happy that we're now past that 500th episode milestone and we're looking ahead to the future. Hopefully, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, you can tell your friends. If you'd like to be part of the show, email me at mike at palmer.media. I'm always open to get feedback and folks who might want to volunteer to engage in any way that makes sense. Have some interesting shows coming up on the horizon, some new interviews coming down the pike, and even some other new podcasts that are launching that I am a part of that you'll be hearing about more down the road. But for now, one final word of thanks to the folks who put on the Global Talent Summit down in Washington, D.C. Also, a call out to anyone who is running summits or engaging in interesting ways about the future of learning. We travel and we will get out there if you offer us the opportunity and hopefully curate that conversation for our listeners so folks can stay on top of what's happening, even if you can't always make it out to the scene itself. With that, we're going to bring this episode to its conclusion. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. 